Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. See, this intro would be really cool about 30 years ago when I had shoulder-length hair and uh, could, you know, do my head banging in the hair fly. Now, you know, when you're mostly bald, it doesn't really do anything, you know. So uh, welcome to Coinania. Going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, I have two great uh, friends and brothers and ministry leaders in my life personally in studio. Now, you both have been on this show uh, Jay, you were here when I wasn't, and uh, what's, what, what's your name again? Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, were yeah. on as um, uh, in a recorded segment that we then played, but this is uh, all of us in the room at the same time. This is the first go of this, so I'm looking forward to a fun time. We're going to be talking about worship, and that's one of my favorite topics, Mary's favorite topic, I think. And uh, but let's for those that don't know, let's start in. Jay, give me a little of your uh, background and bio and uh, what God's doing in your life today. Yeah. Um, Well, I've been leading worship at the church we're at, Living Streams, for uh, about five to seven years. Has it been that long? I mean, wow. Yeah. Five years full time, seven years full and part time. And before that, I've done just about everything. I taught high school music for a while. I made coffee at Starbucks. I've driven delivery vans. I've uh, done construction, just anything that we needed to do to, to eat and to keep things paid for. And I uh, remember when we first met, you were doing some part-time worship leading, and you were I think you were still driving the delivery truck when we yeah. first met. Uh, you were looking for a part, and I said, oh, I might have one of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, have, I have one of those kind of memories. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, I can't remember what I had for breakfast today, but some obscure point like that. Yeah. Uh, how did you get into Have you always been drawn to music um, as a music teacher, a leader? How, how's that developed? Yeah, always, always been drawn to music. I almost backed into worship leading in a way. I went to school for music education, but had sort of the delusions of grandeur. I wanted to get discovered. I was hoping sure. to get signed and, and do the whole thing because I thought that's what success looked like mm-hmm. for a musician. And life and experience and maturity all sort of combined um, to what what they look a little bit more like now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I came out of college and started teaching choir and loved it, loved the students that I had and uh, still love them. I said my, um, just kind of ironically, my very first music teacher, both in church and school, uh, passed away uh, oh. Tuesday. And uh, I, to be honest, it's like I, I remember very specific classes, mm-hmm. you know, and even being up in front of the church as a, as a seven-year-old, and she goes, you don't have to sing that loud, <laughs> uh, you know, those kinds of things. So yeah. we're, we're going to uh, explore a little bit more about what God's got you doing now with uh, leading worship. Uh, Ryan, give us a quick bio. I didn't give you as much time as I gave him, so you got to be okay. more proficient. No, no, I'm used to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, uh, very similar stuff as Jay. I started leading worship probably 15 years ago and have always kind of led worship at uh, different churches I've been a part of. But uh, another significant portion of my life I spent doing art and design and 
Um, and a mixture of those two has really given me appreciation for where we're at now, you know, in the church. So. The way and the way the industry, if you the the industry side of what we're going to talk about today, you almost have to have all that background because yeah. it's intimate and right to the end user in a lot of ways that it never was, you know, when I started doing this thing uh, thirty five years ago. We're going to chat a little bit more. Maybe you've heard of Outcry, the Outcry tour coming August twenty fourth here to the Valley of the Sun. Uh, there's a book that's going to be coming out as well and a very special event for worship leaders and those that want to go deeper into their worship experience and knowing the process. Uh, well, that event is coming up uh, this November. That's all today. You're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. My personal favorite guitarists. Uh, I have never had anybody that's been able to tell me who it was or even what album or anything like that. So no. I won't uh, embarrass you guys unless you want to take a stab. No. Who's playing that? Mm-hmm. Brian Page? No, that's good though, right? That's uh, very Page esque. That's uh, Phil Keggy. Uh, and one of his. Uh, Lesser known instrumental yeah. albums. You ever heard that story about Phil Kagi? Mm-hmm. Uh, which one? Hendrix, right. They yeah. ask Hendrix, who's yeah. the best guitar player in the world. He says, "I don't know." Ask Phil Kagi. Yeah, that's a little that's bit of awesome. myth, but uh, kind of kind of a big <laughs> but deal. We and want it to be true. You we know do what? Want that, it to be true. I can tell you where that originally came from. They were uh, using the same studio to record, uh, and they did cross paths mm-hmm. uh, back when Phil was was uh, first starting. Glass Harp was the original group, and that's, that's the extent of my trivia for today. <laughs> because it just sounds like I know a lot more if I just throw out a little bit there. So, wow, he knows a lot. It's like, yeah, if you actually ask me any questions, the easy ones, I would never even know. You impressed me, Tom. That's uh, that was my goal. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've earned my street cred now. Uh, Ryan Romeo and uh, Jay Murray, uh, we're all in this to serve. Yes. In that the bottom line, yeah, and I think in a lot of ways that's uh, you know the a lot of the content of the book and stuff that Jay and I have in in common in terms of stuff that we value and it's it's serving at your church and serving the the people around you and serving God you know through everything that you do and um, whether that's through musical worship or through other forms um, that's that's ultimately the you know what we're created to do. And the reason I brought that up is because I want people to understand that this is uh, what I've done for 35 years. Yes, uh, there was a point where I thought it was all about me, but that wasn't, you know, I, I fell to the spotlight. There were times in my career when I thought I was all that, knowing, you know, really not. <laughs> but now in my life, it is all I want to do uh, and what I'm called specifically to do, and it kind of ties into your logo for Outcry is uh, I want to put a megaphone in front of people that God's given a, a plan and a purpose to. That's that's all I want to do. That's awesome. You know, I just want people to know about what God's doing in your life and in your life, and they can be encouraged. The listener can be encouraged, or maybe they will respond to something like, well, God's been saying I should do this. Well, I, I want you to know God's for you. Yeah. He wouldn't be giving you that uh, just to, you know, stomp on your toe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just wouldn't. Yeah. So don't be fearful, uh, be encouraged, 
even if you're in a job as one of the Newsboys song, whether it's uh, loading the, the box with high C, you know, <laughs> praise God and find yeah. out what he's got for you today. Yeah. It didn't come around the West Coast last year, but Outcry, the tour was how big it at the end of the at the end yeah, of things, last, uh, by the end of last tour, we've had about two hundred and fifty thousand people come out to the tour. Um, we've been in twenty seven cities, and we're about to hit fifteen more. Yeah, uh, in and, August. and now domestically, last year that was a, is that a top twenty? It was, yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms of and in terms of a worship tour, it was the largest in history. But um, yeah, we we made even the top twenty list of of worldwide tours. That's, uh, last that's year. pretty incredible. Tell you, first of all, who was in? Uh, what what were some of the bands? We had and, Hillsong. Um, song we United. had Jesus Culture. We've had. I mean, people that have been involved: Bethel, Jesus Culture, Passion, Crowder, Lauren Daigle, Carrie Job. Um, uh, this this time around, we're going to add Ren Collective and. Um, uh, house fires. So yeah, we've had a lot of different people jump on the tour. Yeah. And from that, uh, so that was that a plan of yours? I, I, I know the answers to the question, <laughs> but I need to ask them for the for the audience. That well, was obviously your plan. You thought ten years ago, you know what? I am going to be the tour director oh, for obviously. the greatest worship concert tour that's ever been. <laughs> no, I you know I don't think I would have ever imagined it being what it turned into. Um, and I write in the book that it felt like when God turned it on, it was like we couldn't stop it from happening. And and I think there's lots of seasons where I've tried to push and make things happen in my life and hit a wall and been really frustrated. Uh, this was one of those things that just happened. Mm. And it was very clear that God was in it from the beginning. And I would have never written this story, even Shane, the other co-founder of the tour, just the way that we met through uh, David Crowder and years ago started our conversation and outcry was a conference when we first started talking about it. Mm. Um, and now when I look back just on the last 14 months, when we started the first tour, it's unbelievable. And it's become something I would have never guessed it would be. And that's for me being the third party observer, you know, with my calling, I just delight in seeing what God does with those that are willing to serve. And it does it. It, in fact, I think it rarely takes on the form that we thought it was going to. Yeah. And you and I were talking about, too, it's like uh, it seems so glamorous, but <laughs> you're talking about the Hillsong uh, movie, talking about spending time away from your family. Uh, you know, I'm about to spend another month away from my kids. And now every time I just went on a little short trip and all my kids are going, is this it? Are you going, you know, on tour? And my wife jokes and calls it D-Day. It's like, oh, is it here yet? You know, but it is hard and there's a lot of sacrifice and there's a lot of days it doesn't feel like it's big or significant and it's kind of like anything else in life there's days where you really have to press into god and remember the promises that he has for you you know in those times just like 10 years ago leading a concert tour was on the radar writing a book was probably right at the top of your list of <laughs> things that you were going to be doing last year too right yeah yeah 18 months ago oh 12 months ago i would have not guessed that i would be writing a book but it came up pretty quick, and just kind of like anything else in this season, I chose to say yes and buckle down and, and do it. And it was really actually an enjoyable thing for me to do. And I remember when you first knew that you were going to be doing this, and you were like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's most of our story when God calls us into something. It's like I, 
I don't know where to begin. And I started having my first meetings with publishers and I sat down in a boardroom with them and was incredibly intimidated. And any ideas that I thought were really great for a book flew right out of my mind. And they said, Ryan, what do you want to write about? And I was going, uh, I don't know, there's a tour generally, you know. And uh, during the process, by the time I got to the end, I really looked back and I was like, God was with me that whole time. Yeah. He led me through it. Um, and by the end of writing the book, I had to stop myself from writing. I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's done. We, we yeah. got to put this thing. And that is, uh, that is another aspect that is just delightful is knowing that God had something to say, but he wanted to say it through you. Yeah. And yeah. Mary has read the book cover to cover and uh, made her notes. I've started on it. The book is called Outcry. New voices speak out about the power of the church. Now, Ryan, I, uh, Mary and I, you know, we're on the, on the downside of she's 60. I'm not quite 55, but we're in that category, right? Sure. sure. We're very excited about this book Hmm. and what we're most excited about. And what, to be honest, what we're praying for is the ground that this this seed gets planted in is reaching to people that I can't reach. Yeah, to young people that uh, have a different uh, a, a different world that they're growing up in that I don't fully understand. Sure, and yet you're you're telling them the importance of things that are near and dear to Mary and I's heart, and that is the local church and how you know that's how the body grows. Yeah. And uh, it's just encouraging. Right. But again, what we're specifically praying for is who's going to be reading this book. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think our generation, we're we're, it's pretty easy to fall into the trap. And, you know, there's a lot of big churches that we look up to. I mean, I just gave a big list of a whole bunch of churches that are great to look up to. Uh, But you look at them from afar and you kind of imagine, gosh, that church must be perfect. And my church, you know, has this problem and this problem. And we imagine that there's some better church out there, some some better place for us to invest our time. And in the book, I'm reminding people of the beauty of the local church is that when you are faithful to the corner of the world that God's put you in and you're faithful to your local church, it may not feel exciting, but that's the groundwork for God doing amazing things through his church. And, and it is significant and it is important. Yeah. And I, I'm going to mention this when we uh, this next segment, when Jay and I uh, get a little deeper on worship. Um, how Mary and I's perspective on that is about where you're called, you know, the corner that you're called to, yeah. uh, how important it is to be faithful in that. Yeah. Okay, writing the book, what did you learn about yourself? Let's start there Okay, as you were writing this book, because I know uh, just in doing this radio show or if you do any preaching, yeah. God loves and delights to let us know something about us. Sure. When he does when we're doing something he's called us to. Well, I I learned I'm more of a morning person. I like to <laughs> nice. I like to, to sit down, have my coffee. That's my best writing time. If I waited till the afternoon, I just wrote I'm horribly. So, with so I would sit down and start writing and just lose it. So morning time was really the time to to write. Um I definitely learned um that you've got to prioritize writing a little something every day when you've got a book contract because it'll get away from you pretty quick. Um, But I also learned that I enjoy writing. Uh, There's a lot of different communication styles that people are comfortable with. 
Speaking is hard for me sometimes. Um, writing comes pretty naturally for me. And I don't think I knew that about myself when I started. Uh, but by the end, I was going, oh, this is a medium I really like using for communication. So. Ryan Romeo is my guest as uh, uh, is author now. When does the book come out? Uh, August 9th. August 9th. So I just around forgot. the corner. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, you've got 90 seconds to tell us about the, the actual content of the book. I've kind of danced all around it. But sure. Here we go. But yeah, I mean, really, like what I was just saying, reminding people that the local church is the greatest movement the world has ever seen. And it doesn't feel like that when you really go day to day. And um, a guy that's been on tour with us a couple of times named David, we were actually just listening to some of his stuff from Hillsong. But every night I'd always ask him because we do a Q&A session, ask him about the church because he would answer and he would put it so beautifully. He'd say, you know, there's something forged in a believer when they buckle down and they commit to the church in front of them. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't happen in one year. It doesn't happen in two years. It happens at the five-year, 10-year mark, you know. And that's something instinctually I knew deep down. Yes, that is the, the message that people need to hear, that commitment to the church and to each other, even when it's imperfect and unfun and messy, uh, creates something that you just can't manufacture. Anymore. Everybody can uh, commit to uh, utopia. Right. There's no, there's, there's oh, yeah. no effort there. Oh, yeah. There's no yeah. effort there. And from what I know about God and how he teaches me, it's never utopia. Never. It's yeah. never ever. That's what we get for eternity. Yeah. That's not what we get right now. Yeah. 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 You're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. The conversation continues. Uh, worship in the local church. That's next. Other bumper music is J.J. Heller, so I know you guys already know them. So you don't need to. Uh, in fact, there's been a couple of times with uh, uh, with their last album. You know, they were like, "Oh, this is a little different from." My, I was just so my heart was just so in on that, and I've actually had uh, played um, a couple of cuts from that and had my guest in tears by the time we started talking because it was so right on. That's what music that God gives us can do to people's heart. Mm -hmm. You know, you can reach people through music in a way that a book full of words never will. And, uh, you know, right now, uh, Lauren Daigle, I mean, I, I got bought that during the uh, Prime Deal special, you know, with Amazon last week for $5 and I, as I've been walking in the mornings, listening to it just over the whole album. I, and I'm an old school guy. I don't like listening to songs. I like listening to the album as it was originally envisioned by the artist mm -hmm. because there's something powerful about their the whole story, not just this chapter, that chapter. Mm -hmm. Now, sure. I'll you know, I will, you know, do a mix and things like that. And, and it might be, you know, help me keep time on the road better or something, whatever. But I can't stop listening to this album, good. and it's it's just it, and it rends my heart. Now this is somebody that has, they don't have any idea who I am. You know they don't. There's no way they could possibly know what I'm going through, but God does, and He can use that 
to just take me to a new place. Mm -hmm. And that's how I look at the worship leader. Uh, I've told you way back when uh, you were first now, uh, just to tie our backgrounds together a little bit, uh, next Monday will be the fifth anniversary of me being back on the air. Now, I've been at this radio station for 15 years. Uh, I was the station engineer for seven years. Why God did that, I don't – well, I know why he did it. But, I mean, you know, I, did, I wasn't happy about it. But still, um, I've been doing the last five years what I've, I felt I was called to do, and that's yeah. talk on the radio. But early on, I had said, you know, the, literally, I see the role of the worship leader is to grasp the hand of God, grasp the hand of the audience, and bring them together. Another person in worship leading told me that. And you know how much I pray for you uh, because I I think sometimes you need to be encouraged because I don't know what is a less loved job at a church. You know, the pastor, everybody there kind of knows what they're getting because mm-hmm. that's why they're there. Yeah. But the worship leader, well, let's just say, you know, you've got people from 15 to 95 that's a lot of genres of music that have been traditionally used in church. That's that's not a tough, uh, it's not an easy uh, position because we as Christians can be very vocal about the music we listen to at church. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, I think going in with with the right filters to begin with is always a good idea. And so, you know, what's the point of it? Why don't we just instead of why don't we just turn all the music off and just say all those things mm. instead of singing them? And I think it's because you know it's a reflection of the heart of God. He He rejoices over us with singing, mm. and so you know there is sort of like a a soundtrack to your life that your Creator is writing and 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 singing over you. Mm. And so you know we rejoice over the Lord with singing back to him. And uh, it's also just a great mnemonic device. You know, most of what we sing is directly out of the word. Yeah. And so people sometimes without even realizing it have a bunch of scripture committed to memory because they've been been singing the songs in church. And whether it's something they're singing from the pews or something they hear on Christian radio, so much of those lyrics are right from the heart and voice of God. He's all scripture is God breathed. And so having that interaction with the heart of, heart of the Lord via music is so profound and so powerful and oftentimes just almost sneaky. You don't realize you're memorizing the word, but you are. And so I think those are great filters to come into it with. As far as musical taste, I think, you know, negativity or, or you know, criticism or whatever you might have that you run into with that kind of stuff, I think it's sort of a natural reaction because music is art mm-hmm. and art is oftentimes if not always you know subject to criticism and right. critique and, and opinion and i try to remind people that we serve a multifaceted god and creator mm-hmm. um and and we're not <laughs> you know we are multifaceted but not like the creator of all that is was and ever will be mm-hmm. we only are a fraction of any of that yet he is the whole that means somebody else is another part yeah you know i remember <laughs> i remember very distinctly 
uh, all but laying hands on you and praying because there was a person that was saying, you know, you really need to play, have more grand piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need to have more grand piano. I, I don't know why we can't have it's sitting over there to the side of the stage. I don't know why you don't use that piano more. That's classic. Yeah. I, I was just like, yeah. and it was after, you know, what I wanted to bring from the first segment I said I wanted to talk about and uh, being your what the part you're called to. I think people in general that go uh, for Sunday morning worship, uh, for some it's just, uh, you know, filler until the, the message starts. For some, like Mary, this that's the main reason she needs to be there is to, you know, the fellowship of worship. Mm-hmm. Not the fellowship of people, that's different. The fellowship of worship, worshiping together. Mm-hmm. And when somebody says, oh, boy, worship was really flat today, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I think, well, what was wrong with you? <laughs> because you bring your worship to the king to the table. Yeah. And we in the audience or the, the parishioners, we don't, we don't always remember that. We, we're yeah. so programmed to, all right, Jay, knock my socks off. Come right. on now. Right. Well, yeah, I remember being at... Uh like a workshop and the pastor from London that pastors the church that Matt Redman comes from, Mike Pilavachi, Mike Pilavachi. And he's given a talk about worship. And this is, you know, the season that the song, the heart of worship came out of. And, and he would stand at the, the rear of the church, greeting people as they left for the day. And he would get those critiques. And at one point, you know, someone said, you know, worship really didn't do that much for me today. And he said to them, well, you know, in this thick London British accent, isn't that extraordinary? As though worship were meant for you. Right. (laughs) And that's brilliant. And it it really just kind of froze things. And in that season, that church, he said, we will not be having music for our worship until we get our heart right. Mm -hmm. And he felt like that was something that he established in partnership with what God had said. And so they would go, they, they still reserved the same segment of time. So whatever it was, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. But instead they would just sit there in the silence. And then one day someone would stand up and recite a psalm. Wow. And a week later someone would maybe hear something kind of revelatory and share it. Or, and it recultivated what worship was for. And at the end of that whole season, when they reintroduced music back into their worship times, Matt, a young Matt Redman gets up just on his guitar and sings a song with the lyrics when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll sing you more than a song because a song in itself isn't what you require. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart and I'll bring you back to the heart of worship. And that's, There's so much, it's profound it's because really of, good. you know, it's like, we can critique it, but at the end of the day, it's not for me. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. We're here to minister to the heart of God. It's like we've redefined the term worship. Mm. It's like, or it's not we've redefined the term. We've redefined the object yeah. of the worship. I delight. There's a few people in our church, and I'm sure I've been there as well, that uh, not the greatest of singers. And they there's some of them that's pretty loud. And used to that, just kind of, oh, it's just like fingernails on the chalkboard. I actually delight in it now Mm -hmm. because, and here's why I get so excited. God only hears beauty. Mm. 
mm-hmm. when your heart is worshiping. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how good or bad the vessel is mm-hmm. if the heart of worship is right. Mm-hmm. So when I hear, it's like, that is awesome. It's yeah. one of the most awesome things yeah. for me. Yeah. If you could imagine, you know, if one of your kids came and, and, and sang you a song or, you know, they draw you something in crayon and the paper is crinkled up and it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's not, it's not flawless art. It's like bunny rabbits aren't green. What's up? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's a giraffe. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. You know, I sometimes think the Lord kind of just receives our worship that way. It's like, oh, man, my kids, you know, he looks around, and, you know, whoever's hanging out with him in heaven. He goes, look, look what they made for me. Yeah. Go, go hang this on the fridge. I want everybody to see how much they love me. And yeah. so I think it's a lot more like that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Jay, what can we in the congregation do to serve our worship leader? Oh, well, pray for him for sure. And you know, pray. There may be plenty of people that kind of pray the, come on, God, change them mm. prayer. Um, Don't do it that way. Well, I mean, you can, yeah, but <laughs> it's probably less effective than pray that your church become a worshiping church. Pray that, pray that as a house and as a congregation, we, we are all giving our best praise, our best offering, our best sacrifice of praise to the Lord. Because he's not he's not looking for flawlessness, he's not looking to make sure that everybody gets their favorite thing. He he's looking for he's looking for your affection. Mm-hmm. He's looking for your attention undivided. And so I think you can pray really for anybody that works in your church. Pray for whatever pressure they may feel. Mhm. Um, you know, the freedom from needing to perform, but the freedom to just, like you said, and that's how we teach our worship team. We are like servers in a fine restaurant. God is the groom. The church is his bride, and we're looking to get them to have a face-to-face moment. So we join their hands together and do our best to get out of the way. And if we're all involved in that process together, it's a lot more powerful. I try to... Uh, explain to people. Some people will say, oh, well, I went to a prayer quake or went to this event, and man, the worship was just incredible. And I said, it's simple. The musicians are not necessarily better. Mm-hmm. Think about in your church, sitting in the pews, maybe one out of ten are really bringing everything they have mm-hmm. to worship. Now you go to an event that you had to pay to be there, and all of those one in tens are now it's now nine in tens. Right, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. It's bringing the worship, the corporate worship, together uh, to worship the Creator of all that is, was, and ever will be. Good. This is Quinnia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Do you worry this? As much as I would just like to listen to JJ's album, you know, with the stereo headset here, 
we have uh, other things to discuss, but that is J.J. Heller. And uh, actually, J.J. and Jason Gray are coming to town uh, soon for kind of a miniature version of the tour they were on earlier this year, but they're going to be here in the next couple of months. Of course, uh, I'll have I'll try to get Dave and J.J. in here. They're always so busy. Yeah. I mean, they're just so, so busy. They got a lot uh, of stuff going on. Now, I would have, probably have a better chance of getting J.J. if I were to go to North Mountain because, I mean, when she's here. She's like every morning hiking because you don't get to do that in Nashville mm-hmm. uh, quite as much. All right, we, uh, Ryan, we spoke with you about the book that God's given you, uh, the tour. Also, the tour is going to be here August 24th. We're going to have some uh, contests and some fun things to do. Regarding that, if you like Hillsong worship, uh, who all's on the lineup this year? Carrie Hillsong, Carrie Job, um, Ren Collective is going to be there. House Fires too. So yeah, that's good. Just, good Father, if you know that song, that's absolutely. House Fires, yeah. And here's the thing too: being I've done this, you know, since the early '80s, uh, having that many different groups or artists in the same room. Yeah. can be a challenge, much less sharing a stage, and you're doing a whole tour. But you said it's been just a thing of beauty. It's been awesome, yeah. And really, there's been such a spirit of unity. Jay and I were driving together up here, and I was actually listening to some tracks from the backstage worship time because we have a time of worship before we go out on stage. And it's just amazing to be in that room. Um, there's a lot of very influential people in that room, but we're all just people and we're all worshiping God and, and all the barriers kind of drop down in those times and they really are beautiful to be a part of. Yeah. But um, it's been, it's been an amazing tour to see that sort of unity of all these people that are influencers uh, coming together on one stage. It's very, yeah, it's very special. Well, you have a, an event. Now one of you has gone through a tour, so you're less, but Jay, this is kind of a first, outing for a major event for you. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a little pragmatic uh, in, 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 on occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's start. Let's just talk about what this is, what the heart of it is, and how people can get involved. Yeah. We're doing a, a worship conference, and we're calling it Encounter. And um, the real heart of it is to see worship leaders that are finding themselves maybe in a little bit of a grind just from the routine of leading worship week to week and uh, see them just come and, and feel affirmed, feel inspired, feel rejuvenated for a day and a half being led in worship and uh, being in a room full of a few hundred other worship leaders who it's just a lot easier. Mm-hmm. It's like when pastors get together. I, I'll have you know, four or five pastors in here for a round table. And, you know, when we go to commercial break, um, these guys talk about things that you wouldn't normally expect your pastor to talk about because there's really nobody else to talk to but another pastor. Yeah, sure. When, when you're when you're front and center on stage, yes, the Bible does say we are more accountable for the words that we speak. In your case, the songs that we sing, we are. So there's a pressure there. And then we have already talked about all the fiery arrows that come from the people that we're supposed to be serving and that are supposed to love us. That can be especially painful. And you you can feel isolated really darn quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think to just spend some time worshiping, being in the presence of God, and at the same time, 
be reminding and we when we were looking at speakers for this event we we didn't necessarily grab all worship leaders we grabbed um a senior pastor from CFTN Dr. Michael Maiden will be one of the main speakers uh, Danny and Sherry Silk from uh Jesus Culture and Bethel Church in Reading he wrote a book called Culture of Honor and she's the manager for Jesus Culture is that right the road tour yeah. manager yeah yeah um and they're they're not well Mike Maiden is but they're not you know musical and they don't lead worship week to week and we just thought it would be powerful to have someone in roles like theirs coming in and blessing and affirming and teaching a room full of worship leaders. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Cody Carnes is going to be one of our other speakers. And uh, my mind just went blank. Corey Asbury, mm-hmm. who's uh, an artist with Bethel Music, but he's a worship pastor on staff at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. And... Um, just having people come in and, and sit for a day and a half under their influence and hear from the heart of God through them. Yeah. Hoping people just leave feeling filled up and blessed and unified, you know, that you, you leave the room knowing at the end of the day, we're, we're all, we're here doing the same thing. We're mm-hmm. here to usher people into an encounter with God. And if we can kind of get on that same page and the musical style you use to get there and the tools you use, those are those are almost inconsequential when you when you think about the point of what you're doing and the point of what we're doing is that people people don't just leave Sunday morning having had an encounter with the Lord but they leave with with a picture of what it looks like to sort of lead themselves mm-hmm. into that time with the Lord every single day that's how you get filled yeah and i think uh the thing to remember too is our heart really is not just for worship leaders and their teams, even though that we are talking about that. Right. If you're not a worship leader or on a worship team, you'll still get a lot out of this conference. Yeah. You know, uh, Mary, one of the reasons that, uh, and I, I've been able to, even though I'm the one with the musical background, uh, she went to a worship conference in California, you know, 30 years ago. And there's still principles that she learned there about the appropriate approach uh, to worship that blesses both of us now, uh, things that I've learned from her. And what I find uh, as a third-party observer, if you will, is that the the lessons in the Bible about prayer are consistent with the lessons in the Bible about worship. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's, what is the first thing you should be doing? Acknowledging that God is God. He mm-hmm. is I am. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Then everything else flows from that. Mm-hmm. And we as we ha- we have a tendency. We we do. We're getting these, oh man, I don't like this song. Mm-hmm. When are they playing this? They, they played this song last week. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it last week. I don't like it this week. And you know, the worship is you're five minutes in before you even realize, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be participating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the I, I just can't even fathom what it can be like day in and day out. Especially uh, large churches are great, but how about the you know the forty, fifty uh, a person church and the worship leader, he's still got the exact same job. Yeah. And and he's got less tangible tools, if you will. He doesn't have, you know, all the modern technologies necessarily, but he's got the exact same responsibility yeah. with the room he's in front of. Man, that can, that can wear on you. Yeah, we have a different level of influence, but the beautiful thing about being 
a worship leader is you have the same significance no matter what size your church yeah. is. And I think one of the keys is they think, oh, well, you know, if I had the budget that they've got, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it, well, if I had that budget, I could do so much more. Worship yeah. would be so much better. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, when we'll be talking about that in some of our breakouts, just how to free people up to explore some some creative options for for the music part of worship. But you know, the truth is, some of the most profound times of worship we've experienced at Living Streams have come during acoustic sets when it's just us and our staff in a room with a few guitars. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think, like you said, let's just start with the baseline of remembering that God is God. And one of the other baselines that we set, especially for our worship team, is reminding them that worship is primarily a ministry to God. And remembering that, you know, we're part of a royal priesthood and we're called to sing the praises of the one who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. We're here to minister to the heart of God and and discover and explore and unpack what that looks like. And if I'm ministering to God during worship, then then worship is going okay. Mm Mm-hmm. EncounterPHX.org is the website. That's EncounterPHX.org. Tickets aren't on sale yet. On the 5th. Yeah, that Friday, the Friday, August 5th, tickets go on sale. So I'll be talking more about it here. Uh, I may even have you guys back in. Uh, what are, you know, I've got about three minutes left here in this segment. What have I not covered today that you guys want to share with our audience? Well, I like that Ryan sort of emphasized this is mo- what we're doing is geared sort of to worship pastors and their teams. But really, it's for anybody that considers themselves a worshiper. And the reality is, if you love Jesus and you're breathing, then mm. that's you. Yeah. Mm. I, I've, I've posted on social media before, because this is where my heart was at the time. As long as I, I don't want any rock singing today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I don't, because there's been times, and I'm even, like right now, it's, you know, it's, I don't want plan B. Mm-hmm. Plan A is for me to be fulfilled, worshiping God. That's what we are created for. We're created to commune one with another so that what? We could commune with him. Mm-hmm. I don't want rocks crying out yeah. if I'm around. Yeah. I just don't. That's good. And I think um, our senior pastor designate, David, I think is a good example of that too. You know, a very worshipful Man, and I think he's leading us in a lot of that, you know, in this next season of transitioning from Mark to David. And um, I think just this kind of a natural outflow of our church, you know, and it's become a real deep part of our culture. And a lot thanks to Jay and and and, and David. And, and if like I could that. say, obviously, I have insider information as far as being at Living Streams for X number of years, but this is a lot of work, guys. What 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 are you thinking? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> But I guess we we could have done something easier, I think, yeah. We maybe could have. I think it's like you were asking Ryan about the book, and at some point your yes to God just means yes to God. Yeah, and and, so, and, and hold on. Yep. And hold on. And, and, I, and I see, again, speaking into your life a little bit, Yeah. I see that this is a hold on, Jay, Yeah. and you're going to be going like, ah! Yeah. Yeah, well, that's already happening. So <laughs> I was going to say it's already, it's a, but it's good. It'll all be right. worth it. We're going to come back. We're going to review all the contact information and uh, get out of here on prayer. This is Koinonia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.
Okay. EncounterPHX.org for the event coming up November 4th and 5th. I don't think we actually said the Friday, date. Saturday, November Friday and 4th. Saturday. Um, the uh, Outcry Tour. Is it Ticketmaster that we need to send uh, You can people? get it at OutcryTour.com. Okay, OutcryTour.com. The book coming out in two weeks. OutcryBook.com. OutcryBook.com. All right. It's, I think I can remember all these. And if I can remember them, I'm guessing our listening audience can as well. Yeah, we're in pre-sale right now, but the, the book officially will ship uh, August 8th or right. 9th. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Jay. I want you to pray for us now. Sure. See that big clock there? Yeah. You cannot go past 5930. You don't have to go to 59.30, but you can't go past it, all right? Yeah, we'll do. I should have I should have said this off the air, but hey. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, no. All, we're all family here. Yeah. Well, Father, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord, for, for worship as a vehicle to commune with you and to experience your presence, Lord. We pray, God, that, that we would be one, that your church would be unified in lifting up their voices loud and enthusiastic to you. Father, you've said that you inhabit the praises of your people. And so, Father, we pray that all across this valley, all across Arizona, all across this country, that when people are joining their voices to worship you, God, that they would experience your presence in a very real and tangible way. So, Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness, for your greatness, and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I have 60 seconds left here, so I'm going to take this opportunity, since I know he happens to be listening. I knew that I loved David Stockton. <laughs> Give it because to the very first time, the very first time that I heard he was teaching a class, it was on the Book of Job, and I thought anybody that would would pick that bring the pain from day being, one, yeah. bring the pain from that's somebody that I want to get close to. So yeah, I, I right. you yeah. guys all know I love Living Streams a lot, and uh, we are truly blessed. Uh, Mark Buckley, who fills in here. On a regular basis, I guess uh, I need to get David in here too. Needs they take I think over that so. role? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's listening right now, so he yeah. needs to skip that. I'm sure. I'm sure this is on his top ten list. Of <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks again. Uh, we will have you back incrementally, especially with the uh, uh, praise and worship conference that's coming. Encounter phx.org, November fourth and fifth. Thank you so much for being here. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.